episode nine of Staff Chat. It's our final one here in the blue parakeet. And I want to encourage you right now to just press pause here. Uh, we're not going anywhere. And go back and listen to the previous episode because we all had to do that too. Because uh, it's been a little while um, just with the holidays since we've been able to jump back in. Um, but go listen to episode eight and then come back and it listen to it. It hasn't had anything to do with holidays. Y'all are puny. Y'all been sick. <laughs> okay, everybody's been sick. But except anyway, me. Except me. So anyways, uh, yeah, go listen to it and come back and tune in with us. Okay, now that you're back, we're going to, or sorry, Amanda is going to summarize these last three chapters in one word. Go, Amanda. Context. 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 Yep. And I'm done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who reads the Bible out of context? Um, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. The, uh, so the last the last three chapters continue talking about women in ministry, but he continues to talk about uh, women in ministry as a as a way to show us how we're supposed to be reading the Bible in in its own context that it's written. Um, if you've been following along for us for a while, there's really interesting stuff in here, but like no no necessarily new information. I didn't feel like as far as like how to read the Bible, he just kind of continues to show us how women in ministry can be a good example of well, that. Well, and I think we started out, and anybody that's reading this book along with us, we started out not really understanding it. it you know, we started out, you know, read the read the Bible as it pertains to you know our our day. And when I got to the end of it, I felt like, okay, this book was really about women in ministry and that the blue parakeet all alone was a woman. Hmm. That's kind of how I... And then, of course, my mind went to, when did he write this and how does this timeline what was fit with what happened to Beth Moore? <laughs> what was the you context know? that he wrote this book in? Yeah, yeah. Was, it, was, it, was it the whole you know, blow up in that denomination yeah. that spurred this or what. But. I think it was a little bit before that. I think it was like twenty thirteen, let me look. Yeah, no, two thousand eight was the first was the first copyright. Oh, so it okay, was, so it wasn't. Yeah. So, interesting. So he but but I would say, I mean, you think back to two thousand eight and that conversation was still very much I mean, you think about even the Church of the Nazarene what was going on in two thousand eight. I mean we weren't ordaining women left and right. I mean that's always been a part of who we are, but it's not been Right. Like those late nineties, early two thousands were kind of a lull in that, even within the Church of the Nazarene. So, um, no, really interesting. So, what were some of y'all's favorite parts? We don't, we we may not cover every single chapter because there were three chapters. But what were some of y'all's what stood out? So for me, I really liked how he ties back into you know the fall and in Genesis. Yeah, I like that. And, too. and unpacking a lot because. He, he references some of Paul's writings, and in one point he's going, I'm not for sure if Paul writ the, if Paul writ, writ. Yeah. <laughs> if, Paul, if Paul wrote this particular part. Yeah, he he said, but then in, I believe it's 2 Timothy, it's like, well, we know Paul wrote this, and these two things agree with each other. And it, that, that part was just interesting, like the, I don't know if that's theology, but just, you know, where, where did this come from? But the part I liked the best was he's talking about um, I'm, I'll read a part here. It's on 241. This is chapter 17. But it said, When men seek to control women by silencing them prim, mm. uh, primarily in the church, we stand face to face with the contradiction of the very thing the new creation is designed to accomplish, mm -hmm. to undo the fall. And the reason I, I like that so much is... What page was that you said? 241. Yeah. Uh, kind of at that top uh, yep. second paragraph. 
but I really like that because it's been a couple of months ago, but at our pastor's breakfast we attend occasionally, um, we were talking about uh, betting. And one of the older pastors who he, he kind of uh, chimed in, and I thought, oh boy, here we go. And he gave like one of the most awesome illustrations talking about the character and the person of Jesus that lines up perfectly with this. And he said, in a bet, in order for one side to win, the other side must lose. And, and he goes, that's not who Jesus was. And so as I was thinking about that and I'm reading this verse, I'm like, yeah, like Jesus doesn't want anyone to be silenced. Like, every, like everyone has a voice for a reason. And then he goes on later in the chapter to say that if you're educated and, and called, like you should use those tools to do what God has equipped you to do. And so I, I just love the way that he unpacked it. He could have just done, he could have just like, could have just like started here in the book, I guess. But um, there were good stuff all along. But I really like my <clears throat> Something I had never heard anybody do or seen anybody do, and I've probably heard more sermons than any of y'all since I am much older. But, when he took First Timothy chapter two verses eight through fifteen, and he just broke it down by the commands that are there, and there are seven commands in there, and he listed them, and he said, "You tick off, you you check basically which ones that you think are for today." Oh, the where he did it with the class. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I've never seen this, but out of the seven, I could only check three of them, which was in agreement pretty much with his class, but, you know, it's, it, Paul says in this passage that so many people use about women uh, teaching or, or preaching, you know, they take this passage of scripture and they use it, but it also says, oh, by the way, men should pray with their hands lifted. Right. Men should pray without anger or disputing. Uh, women should dress modestly without gold or um, pearls. Per, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, dressing up in expensive clothes. Uh, women should not have elaborate hairstyles. Uh, women should have good deeds, which, okay, we can all agree with that. Right. Uh, women should be silent and quiet. Women should not teach or have authority. So you've got these seven commands here that he's given, and the majority of them really do not apply. Yeah, and even the ones that kind of do apply, I thought it was funny in that section. Like he talk, he talks about the women dressing modestly, modesty, like modesty. And he, yes. Yeah, and he says, okay, yes, we can apply that, but let's def- what does that even what, like? Let's yeah. define that. Like, what does yeah. that mean? Def- and, and there was modesty. a difference even within the class of what was modest. So and let's immodest. define modesty here. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> While you're trying to work up a definition, I've got a video I've shown in youth group before, and it talks about um, in in youth culture if a young lady is very beautiful, she says she's hot. Like my wife Emily is hot, uh, and the video is modesty is hottesty, and it's got a little rhyme that goes with it. It's so funny. I'm, I'm sure it's it clearly a couple of youth pastor dudes that had nothing else, like students that had nothing else going on. Uh, like, Let's make a dumb video. I'm it's great. Sure that I would have to see the video. Yeah. Thank well, you, Lauren. Lock it for hey, But he even talks about what's funny. Even in that section, he says, "Okay, um, like." He asked all the men in the room to say what is immodest for females, and they said spandex. And then he says, since those days, clothing has become 
uh, he says immodest, but a little bit different. So modesty perceptions have changed accordingly. And so even the word modesty kind of changes as like even even the definition of that is up up to kind of and and I, I really struggled during this whole thing because he talks about and, and skipping a little bit further ahead, but this has something to do with what we're talking about. But he talks about in like two fifty nine, he says culturally shaped readings of the Bible and expressions of the gospel are exactly what Paul did and wanted and practiced. Um, he goes on to say what occurred in Jerusalem was not what happened in Corinth, but he's saying, okay, we need to kind of read the Bible and we need to apply the Bible in the culture that we have now. Okay, so where does letting the culture inform our reading of the Bible become letting the world shape us? Like, where's where's that line drawn? Like, how do we how do we fit the gospel into... Like I think modesty is a perfect example of that. Yeah. Like how how do we how do we say okay we're a holiness people we are a modest people, and but we define modesty within our culture. How do we say okay well, when does our culture become immodest? You know I don't know if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but so there was uh, there was one episode where we were talking about something and he referenced oh there's this thing in the back. There's a lot of good the stuff appendix. back here. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's some really good yeah. stuff in the appendix. Yeah. In this little quiz? We may have talked about it last time, but uh, there was that little quiz talking about how you read the Bible, like like what what is the Bible to you. That, that's pretty good. And then I, I, want, I haven't done it yet, but I want to go into uh, the appendix four where he's talking about the, the new Roman woman. And, and also, he, in the Appendix 3, he talks about, and I think he's going to talk about why he thinks Paul didn't write that section of 1 Corinthians, which um, is super interesting, something that I'm definitely going to be looking into, because that's, that's one of those things, like you say, and everybody goes, oh, whoa, 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 Paul had to write everything that Paul says, that everything that we think Paul wrote, and that's just, hmm. I mean, you can even make the same argument with some sections of Romans, I think. So, on that 259 page, he asked the question... Uh, here's a question I hope you can toss around with your friends. Well, friends, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think Paul would have put a woman, and he puts in quotes, behind the pulpit if it would have been adventurous? Advantageous. Advantageous. (laughs) Advantageous for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Uh And he says, he finally takes a stand on something, which is cool. I believe Paul would uh, exhort us to open the cages and let the blue parakeets fly Mm -hmm. and let them sing. So you're right, Steve. The blue parakeet was the lady the whole time. (laughs) The double X chromosome. I love what he talked about, like right before that, with 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, which is, uh, to the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews... Mm To those under the law, you know, that, that passage, we're all kind of familiar with it. But we all have quoted that, and we're all familiar with it, but I don't know that we've actually understood what it meant until he, like, he really put it in a good light of, listen, if it was, it, he was basing everything they did off that culture, off that context that he was in, and he was, he was willing to do whatever it took to get the gospel. The gospel message to Paul was not women can't preach. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't the gospel message he was trying to, to share. Well, and so the the whole point of it, of course, was he, you know, he summarized there at the end. You know, we need. He said two things. He said first on page two sixty six. He said we need to be mastered by the story by reading the Bible so deeply that it becomes our story. Mm-hmm. And second, together as God's people. We are to so inhabit the story that we can discern how to live in our world. 
And, you know, how does this apply to us today? Yeah. You know, and it's so important that we read it in that context. Um, something that I liked was when they were talking about visiting the church and the women were having to wear head coverings. Yeah. And um, just speak. And it says in there, if we demand women um, to do something so totally contrary to culture that non-Christians are offended or turned off, mm. we should reconsider what we're doing. And it says, context is everything. Knowing context permits deeper and wiser discernment. And mm. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I yeah. too. I mean... I mean, if we if we made it mandatory because the Bible says women should wear head coverings, if we if we if you're a woman, you come to our church, you better come in with your head covered. We we will destroy this church right. <laughs> and and what people think about us in our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was thinking, I, I was I kept thinking about that same thing. Okay, what are the other what are the things that we might be doing? That's a, that's what I was saying. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah, and then and then again, where's that balance? Like, so you can say, okay, well, where does it become us? Like, a, where you're permitting? Yeah, us. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it really, I mean, he never says, never once in this thing does he say, oh, this is an easy thing to do. Like, it's it really it just isn't. But. Katie, what'd you have? You haven't said anything. Well, um, so I was just looking at, and kind of like that, <clears throat> how do you discern mm-hmm. how you're going to approach each of these topics? He went back to the water slide again, which I hated the water slide initially. Yeah. I kind of yeah. liked it a little bit better. He explained, it, he explained it better here than he did I think he did too. earlier. But the last sentence in that, he said, if we write it properly, wetted down as we are by the Holy Spirit, and cheered on by the communion of saints, we will land in the water where we need to be in our day and in our way. Mm-hmm. I just love the way he said that. If we, you know, take everything in context, looking through the filter of the Holy Spirit and discernment, I don't know, I just think you have a better chance of figuring it out. Yeah. Here's, the, here, here's what's unfortunate. Working. There are people that think they have the spirit of discernment that speak as if they have the spirit of discernment, but they do not. No, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it comes from a poor it comes from a poor understanding of what the Bible was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like they think they think, oh, I read it literally so I can discern exactly. Um, and yeah, and how, how come your wife's wearing jewelry and right. not wearing a head covering? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and so the, the whole point of this whole book is discernment comes from the spirit and the culture and the context that the Bible was written in. It doesn't come from reading it literally. Well, and there's teaching that goes before yes. all of it. And I thought that was really yeah, good. Yeah, I, mean, I really like that. Men and women. Yes, you know. yep. Yeah. Not you just can get me. up and speak. You know, you need to know exactly what you're talking right. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was really good. I go back to, I think this is chapter 2 on verse 27, and I love this. God spoke in Moses' day, Moses' life, mm-hmm. Job's day, and he goes on and on and on. Well, you think about from in his example here, Moses to John, there's a lot of time that passed yeah. during those two individuals. And what's recorded in today's canon, the Bible, you know, there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of years there. But we haven't added to the Bible since John or right. since, since, you know, mm-hmm. A.D., you would know, 60-something. Nope. Yeah. You know, I mean, my point is we've gone over 2,000 years still reading a scripture that was wrote 
in John's day and John's ways. Right. You know, now I'm like, we can, this is a slippery slope, but it's just like, okay, how do we take that and apply it to what, what we're doing today? Well, a perfect, yeah, completely agree. And a perfect example is when he's talking about, he, he sums it up, where am I? In the last chapter on page 264, he, he goes back, he basically, in that last chapter, he's summing the entire book off. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he says there's three there's three elements to the story of God. There's the theocracy, yeah. which is creation, the monarchy, which is God's covenant people, and then the Christocracy, which, what, what he's saying is, okay, you've got the Old Testament, and then, which are those kind of those first two sections, but when you enter into the New Testament, you've got the story of Jesus, and we are still part of that story that Paul was in. Like, we're yeah. still, we're still writing, like, as Paul was writing to those early churches, we're still writing that same story. And so, yeah, that's exactly exactly what you were saying. Like, we are still, like, I, I don't, you don't want to say writing a new part of the Bible. Yes. But yes. writing, continuing that story of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I think that's how we get run out of town. Yeah, the yeah, point exactly. is, like, yeah. I, you know, we've gone back to the, I love how he says this. Well, there's been a long time since this last entry was mm-hmm. put in the journal. Yeah. In following that 264 on 265, it talks about, that each author in the Bible tells a story that will lead us to the person of the story, which is Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Moses and Isaiah look forward to that person. Paul and uh, Peter and the author of Hebrews look back to that person. Mm-hmm. So it's all centered on Jesus. Yeah. And sometimes we you know, get caught up in the actual story and, yeah. or try to put ourselves in it or whatever. And I thought that was good. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to underline that. I had it underlined already. <laughs> Since I didn't read the last time we did this, and I got chastised for it. <laughs> All right, what else? What else stood out, or um, or if, if anything, this is the the last time we're gonna chat about this book. So this is probably the end of season one of Staff Chat. Mm-hmm. I, I just we were talking about this earlier. It wasn't part of the book, but it was what called the after... The appendix. No, the afterwords, oh, where he talked about his wife would not read his unreadable books that he had written. And she categorized this one as a readable book, except for one chapter that she always <laughs> referred to as the boring chapter. And so he actually named it the boring chapter. I love that. I'm like, our, our, our families are just so... Blunt, um, but I could see how some of his books would be unreadable because there was parts yeah. of this book to me well, that was unreadable. And he's he's so wordy. Like yeah. Yeah, 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 You can tell he's extremely intelligent. He's trying to get every bit of that three hundred pages in there. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But I mean, he's building. You know, he's right. building with every chapter. He's building to where it's like, oh, women in ministry. You could have just said that. Mm-hmm. You know, but, it's but like, yeah. Blue Bear can be. I mean, Blue Bear Moore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. Um, Beth Moore's amazing. We're I, friends, y'all know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think we everybody know. on the listeners <laughs> knows. Um, no, I thought Nobody's there were definitely sections <laughs> where I was like, ah. I could I could do without this part, but it was overall a good book. I think that this is a good one to give to someone who's just starting to read the Bible to say like, should I give my book? To yeah. <laughs> well, me either. Coffee, Katie spilled coffee. Our, all all of our night. books are stained with coffee. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, thinking about like whether it's a new Christian or someone who's just really exploring 
like wanting to get more out of the word. This is. Oh, well, I don't know. I think start. some people would really struggle through this <laughs> if they were a new Christian. I, really? I don't know. Like yeah. maybe I, chapters would be. Yeah. You know, I don't know. There's parts. there's certain uh, as I think back through like my life and just ladies that were you know impactful in my life growing up and even now you know some some young women some some students and stuff that it's like you kind of think. I feel like on the outside looking in, like I think that person may have a call to ministry or to mm-hmm. some type of leadership, mm-hmm. but they're just well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I can't do what you do, Dad. I can't do what you do, Stephen. You know, or Amanda, I can't, I can't be that mm-hmm. person. Well, dive into this, and if and if God has equipped you and created you that way, like I think Scott's saying, uh, I think you should do what God's created you and equipped you to do. Yeah, you know. Man, I love. Uh, he talked. I can't remember where in these last few chapters, but he talked about X five and Pentecost, and he's like, or X two. Can't remember. Anyways, but he was talking about Pentecost, and he's like, man, what we're what we're doing when we when we don't allow anyone to serve is we are we are hindering what happened there. Like we're hindering the power of what was going on there. And I mean, we keep we keep doing it today. Every time we say no, you're not. You you think you're called, but you're not. No, we're doing the same thing. Man, we're one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm, they did this thing at SNU that I thought was really cool um, because, like, like for me, I was a little bit older. I transferred in, and like, I knew, like, okay, I've tried some other avenues, and I think I, I truly believe God's calling me to ministry. Well, your intro to ministry class, fifty people, and the ministry class I graduated with. 11 you know so and, and I think that's cool you know I, I can't speak for you know other schools or other thing but it, it's cool that you know even at the you know higher education level they're saying hey let's dip your toe in and see if this really is a call or yeah maybe you know maybe you're not one who wants to or is you know called to lead but as much as the church needs you know us five around the table um, we need our church board, we need our, our Sunday school teachers, you know, the mm-hmm. youth sponsors that helped me do retreat this past weekend. Like, it, it takes takes us all to... It takes the whole body. Mm-hmm. It takes And the blue parakeets. And That's right. <laughs> all right, well, we will wrap it up. Um, we don't know what book we're doing next, but it'll be sometime after the first of the year. We will keep keep going, or maybe not. Hadn't decided... <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know. Give us some feedback. Let us know if anybody is listening to this podcast. Yeah. Drop us, us a review, like, and subscribe. <laughs> we have fun doing it. Uh, the truth be known, edit. Uh, Hunter had to edit a, out yeah, multiple. I, 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 <laughs> Hunter had to edit out multiple statements made during this podcast. <laughs> For the blooper reel, tune in to Greenbrier Nazarene off rails. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas to you and your family. We love you. Yeah. We'll see you next time.